I mean, this podcast is not brought to you by the Toronto Maple Leafs, but if it were, and if the Toronto Maple Leafs were to try to advertise to you at this point and try to sucker you into becoming a fan for some godforsaken reason of this stupid team, this is probably what it would sound like. Hey, do you hate yourself? Do you consistently want to experience, do you, I don't want to say anxiety, but I, I, you know what, I will. Do you want to consistently experience anxiety pretty much every other night? Do you really love when things that you like underachieve and don't meet your expectations? Then, hey, become a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, because clearly that's what we're bringing to the table nowadays. Okay, emergency podcast alert, because... After what I saw tonight and after the comments that I'm seeing, I really need to do this. Uh, I got some questions. Oh, you're bringing the podcast back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, guess what? A five Blowing that five-goal lead has really motivated me to do so. And the comments that I'm seeing regarding the goals and whose fault it is, I, I, I you really have to ask, did you even watch the game? So I, I'm upset. The longer I stay up, the more upset I get about this game. If I stay up till 5 a.m. today... I, I think I might light something on fire. I might, I might commit some arson because that was so frustrating to see. <laughs> I mean, how else can you put it? You're, what was it, nine seconds left in the period? You're up 5-1, four-goal lead on one of the worst teams in the league? This team, the, You're playing the Ottawa Senators. They have one of the worst, statistically, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They have statistically the worst goaltending in the league by two country miles. Marcus Hogberg sucks. Just look at his numbers this year. It's not that hard to... I, I mean, this guy is so just positionally horrible. He's big. He's fast. That's about it. He's horrible, though. The Leafs, and evidently, the Leafs put in five goals on him earlier this game, which also shows how bad Ottawa is as a defensive team. So, what happened tonight on these these goals? I'm going to try and... Uh, this is frustrating. But what happened tonight? Oh, I see a ton of blame put on Frederick Anderson. Okay, the first goal was weak, yes. But when it's 5-1, the, def- the bonehead defensive plays that I saw... I, I like were we was this peewee was this a like a peewee three on three tournament this was this was some of the worst defensive hockey I've ever seen I mean let's start off goal goal two I saw someone into oh Frederick Anderson tries to airmail it okay he tried to make something out of nothing never a good idea but it comes back and the Leafs have sole possession of this John Tavares has this on his stick the captain the 11 million dollars by seven years guy has this on his stick and he puts it tape to tape in his own end on the power play to Austin Watson. Austin Watson just has a free lane right down there, takes a good shot. Frederick Anderson makes the save on that one. A good shot from a good area, a good scoring area. He makes the save. He makes a blocking save. The rebound comes out. Nick Paul buries it. He's got a wide open cage. Honestly, I don't fault Frederick Anderson at all for that. Okay, he made the, the, the play where he tried to airmail it with dying seconds, should have killed it, whatever. But we got the puck back, and we just gave it right to them. So just an utterly horrible play from, from uh, John Tavares. The team isn't able to regroup. Okay, goal number three. We're on the power play. The Leafs are on the power play. 
The Leafs are on the power play. Joe Thornton has it behind the net. Morgan Riley, for some reason, is looking for a pass. The seconds on the power play are ticking down. They're ticking down. They're ticking down. Now, when you hear a goalie slam their stick, and I hate when goalies do it too hard. Like, that's when you're, you're looking for attention. But when the goalie slams his stick on the ice at the end of a, pa- a power play, he's not looking for attention. I know the puck is away from him. He's not looking for everyone to suddenly look back and his 10 seconds of fame, whatever. The goalie's not looking for it. He's looking to get the defenseman's attention because, hey, the guy's coming out of the box here. You should really back up. And I mean, miraculously, in men's league, I'm even able to get the defenseman's attention. They are able to back up. Morgan Riley, on the other hand, and whoever else was supposed to be playing defense of this, Morgan Riley, who I'm going to put because he was the last man back on this one, is top of the slot, looking ready to go, ready and roaring to go in a 5-2 game. In the third period, he's ready and roaring to go. He's looking for that puck. He wants it. He wants to score. He's got a contract coming up the year after the next. And the puck gets away from him. And Ottawa gets it. Chris Tierney sauces it up to Artin Zub. Now, Zub, is, he came out of the penalty box. He was on the blue line. He had a country mile between himself and Morgan Riley. That's how poorly played Morgan Riley, how badly Morgan Riley played this goal there was so much space so much time so much space Zub had to just walk it in easy peasy nice little fake Anderson bites and he slides it in so this is a grade A chance untouched nobody even got a stick on his ass nobody even got a stick on his ass on this one and Zub was able to do whatever the heck he wanted and buried it now do I squarely put the blame on Morgan Riley? No, it's a breakaway. Frederick Anderson could have stopped it. But at the end of the day, that's a very good chance. And he had a lot of time on that one. So Anderson bit hard on the fake and Zub beat him. Okay. But at the end of the day, that is a breakaway. That's a great A chance. So 5-3. All right. The Leafs take a penalty. Then after Hyman, four minutes. Unfortunate that he cut him. I thought it was a knee on Thomas Shabbat. Eh? I mean, the puck went by him, and Shabbat got in his way, and Hyman was swinging his stick as he was looking for the puck. I mean, just kind of a toss-up. But you, you can't blame Hyman on that one at all, I don't think. So on this play, what happens? Mikhaev gets a great chance. He stopped. He kills another like a minute of a play. He had a great penalty kill on that one. Him and Kerfoot. So, then what after happens? Oh, there was a goal on this play, was there not? Yes, I'm getting to it. So, Jimmy VC is out there, which is mistake number one, because this guy is completely brainless in his own end. Completely brainless on the ice. I don't know why he's still in the lineup. Chance after chance after chance. This guy has gone from, what, the, the top two lines, the first line, to the second line, to the third line, to now the fourth line. Can we just send him in a taxi, in an actual taxi, and just send him straight to the Toronto Marlies? Because... I've had enough of Jimmy VC, to be quite frank. So what happened on this play? The puck crosses the Leafs' blue line. Um, Jimmy VC has a very, very, very good look at this puck. It's wide open. But instead, what does he do? He breaks his stick. I believe it was Chris Tierney or Connor Brown. He breaks his stick over their hands. Like... What are you doing? 
where did you learn this? Because unlearn it. That was, and then as a result, he has to go to the bench. He's, he's a little delayed. He gets a stick. Thomas Shabbat just takes advantage of this. And they spin around a pass to Connor Brown. Great heads up pass by, from touch pass from Connor Brown. Forget who the other guy was on this play. Touches it back to him, buries it. So what happens is playing from Frederick Anderson's vantage point, besides his forward just completely losing his mind and forgetting what the goal of hockey is here. So uh, Shabbat spins it past to Connor Brown. Anderson has to go from all the way from his left side to his right side. Respect the shot from Connor Brown that could be coming. Good shot from Connor Brown that could be coming. Pass goes up. He has to shift his momentum from going from right to his left already and get to the top of the crease and square up for that shot that could be happening there. But instead, it's another touch pass back to his right, and it's a little bit too much. Now, could could Anderson have prepared for that pass coming back a little bit better? Maybe a little bit there, but let's take a look. Zach Bogosian, I mean was a complete pylon on this play the pass the tip pass the touch pass that came from connor brown up to the top there he instead puts his stick out to his left so he's not even blocking connor brown's the passing lane there at all he left it wide open they tried to block the shot so a couple things there the exact bogosian was a complete pylon on that play is it totally his fault no he misread it one little quick misread and you gave them a much better opportunity than what they needed there. What happened on Frederick Anderson's? I mean, it went. he was going from right to left to back to his right, and he got beat on a good one-timer there. Maybe he could have been... I mean, it was such a quick play. I don't even know. Maybe he could have been respecting the pass a little bit more, but touch passes in the NHL, that's coming very, very quick. That's a really tough play to stop if I'm Frederick Anderson. And I throw in a little bit of advanced stats in here. Expected goals does not take that into account. Those three touch passes that happened from Shabbat to Brown to up to the top, back to Brown. So all that they're seeing is just, oh, that was a shot from there. So people are going to try to use that against them. No, not buying it at all. That was a lot of movement before that goal. So fifth goal. What happened here? I mean, some people, I saw someone blame... Kerfoot for icing the puck on there. I mean, I, getting it out of harm's way and trying to delay some time. Sure, I mean, I'm not overly upset that Kerfoot did that. Lost the pa- uh, sorry, lost the face off. Um, and then this is what happened. Josh Norris had an open shot, which no problem with that. Brady Kachuk got the tip in front. So it, it changed the direction a bit on there. You need a blocking save. The rebound comes up high makes the rebound a little bit more random when the shot's tipped like that. And Dadanoff just comes out of nowhere, takes a big swing, a big Babe Ruth swing at it, and it's in the back of the net. I mean, I don't even, who can you blame on that one? Just a, a freak kind of play, right? Like, bang, 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 bang. The sixth goal, this one, the Leafs are buzzing in overtime. They had the puck, what seemed like almost the whole time. Um, oh, before the sixth goal, I actually want to point out Frederick Anderson had to make a solid save. I believe it was on Chris Tierney, a little spinorama, right after they scored that fifth goal. But okay, we're going to gloss over that one. So the sixth goal, what happened? I believe it was Marner had the great chance in front, the little backhand toey, a lot of creativity, almost slid it in front, like almost slid it in there. It was beautiful. Beautiful. 
tries to get it back with its wide open net. He tries to get it back up to Morgan Riley. But if you look and you stop it, Morgan Riley is just shot crazed, dead eyed on a goal there. Doesn't see that Austin Matthews is wide open with a wide open cage. Now, Riley has the goalie out of position, but he also has to deal with the two, the two or three senators that are right in front of him. So instead of having that head, like that peace of mind, that heads up play, he's he's goal crazed it seems, and just doesn't doesn't feed it over to Austin Matthews. It gets blocked, and then instead of you know going back, respecting the two on one, the multi, the, the odd man rush that's going to ensue on this play, Morgan Riley chases the puck carrier. And when he chases the puck carrier, he leaves Evgeny Dadanov wide open up the middle. And again, just a wide open breakaway here. And when you give someone more time on a breakaway, the chances of them scoring go up tenfold. Like, when they're rushing on the breakaway, they don't get to think. They don't, they can only have, it reduces the amount of moves that they can make on this breakaway, whatever. Like, when they're wide open like that, they can slow down, they can get the little fakes in here and there. That's what Dadanov had, and that's what Zub had as well. So what happened on this one? Dadanov gave a little fake, Anderson dropped his hands, wide open top of the corner, top shelf on him. Great shot, great fake. I mean, again, could, is this an impossible save for Anderson to make? No. But it's a grade A scoring chance in overtime because your defenseman has just decided to lose his mind. He, he, he was so boneheaded defensively tonight, Morgan Riley. It was incredible. Just really, really hurt them out there. So in conclusion, like, did Anderson have a good game? Absolutely not. The first goal was terrible. There was a couple otherisms in there that he could have stopped, Yes. But there are great chances. But do I blame Anderson in this game for not making two wide-open breakaway saves? No. If you're blaming the goalie on this game, I'm sorry, but you're very short-sighted. There was a lot of other pieces in there. What about Jason Spezza on an odd man rush burying it into Hogberg's chest? What about Alex Kerfoot in the second period putting it over the net on a two-on-one? What about... I'm drawing a blank on another one. There was probably another one in there, though, as well. Like, the defensive mishaps on top of these missed offensive chances, just incredible to me. So, do I blame Anderson? No. Did he play well? No. Do I blame him for this? Absolutely not. This is a team effort. This is absolute garbage. This is flaming garbage. I thought after the game, oh, I'm numb to this. They lost list. Just fill in the blank. Game five to Columbus. Game against David Ayers where they lost their Zamboni driver, I should say. Um, game seven against Boston. Game seven against Boston. Game six against Washington. Like the list goes on and on. I thought it was numb. I wasn't feeling that bad. But then just as the minutes ticked on and I saw the stupid comments roll in, just the stupid ignorant comments rolled in, I just got more mad and more mad and more mad and it led to this emergency podcast. So, where do the Leafs go from here? Well, first off, I think like, these next two games against Ottawa, you gotta, for the sake of the sandwich, like, in reality, if they lose one more of these games, does it, like cancel the season no 
but just as an, an optics thing from the fan base's standpoint, like you have to blow the the sends out of the water the next two games because that was a horrible effort on their part. That was terrible. Ottawa's now on a two-game win streak thanks to you, you bunch of idiots. What do I think of the lineup and everything moving forward? I think we can't get Wayne Simmons back soon enough. Just total loss of jam, it seems, since he's been out. Um, I mean, when you look at it, the 3-1 win against Vancouver, pretty uninspired there. Got outplayed in that game. The next one up was the loss against Montreal on the Saturday there. First two periods, great. Nice breakdown in the third. And then this piece of garbage performance here. I don't know just the vibes Wayne Simmons, Wayne Simmons brings, but like, without him, it hasn't been... So overall, what did I think of the lines tonight? Obviously, I think the top line just continues to provide 99% of the offense for the Leafs. This team, this, I mean, Matthews Marner clicking are just clicking together. And people were concerned, oh, Joe Thornton, he's a little slow. They didn't look that great with their chemistry at the beginning of the year. Guess what? Nope, he fit in perfectly. A very nice return to the lineup for him. Unfortunately, it wasn't the result they wanted. Now, with the Hyman Tavares Nylander line, I mean, give it a a game give it a give it two games why not i think that we've seen production from nylander tavares before they're both extremely great players and i think that hyman is that glue guy that they really need that boards play the gritty efforts the corralling the rebounds and grabbing um, possession off of that uh, i really think he's going to bring together that line and add that additional scoring that the leafs have been kind of lacking so to speak for a little while now uh, as for that third line, I thought they, they they played decently well tonight. However, are we going to see that tomorrow night is my question because we've seen them click like this. We, we saw that line of Engvall, uh, Mikheyev, Kerfoot play well last year together, but then we've also seen them this year just play like trash and be completely a black hole when it came to offense. So, I mean, at times they were good tonight, but... I, I just want to see it a couple more nights in a row. The fourth line, I mean, I wouldn't mind rotating Patan in there, whatever. Just rotate the fourth line. I, it doesn't matter. It seems like every time someone's given an opportunity to play in that fourth line, uh, they excel. So, closing thoughts on tonight. That was horrible. That was a piss-poor effort in the third period. I don't believe that this team could... Like, could just when you thought that this team couldn't sink any lower, they just keep exceeding your expectations in a negative sort of way. Year after year, game after game, I just can't believe it anymore. But guess what? I'm still going to tune in every single game and some for some twisted reason, I'm going to expect something different to happen. Why? I have no clue. But that was just awful awful to close out the this episode I mean the Leafs did acquire Alex Galchenyuk I will touch on that uh, Alex Galchenyuk just a complete fall from grace third overall 30 goal season we've seen him 
produce offensively. He's a very talented player. However, this dude just got shipped out from the Ottawa Senators. It kind of shows the state that his career is in right now. I saw someone call him a talented middle six winger. Get your head out of your behind, buddy. Those days are well behind this guy. So what do I expect from Alex Galchenyuk? I expect him to put up a lot of points with the Toronto Marlies. And guess what? He can go right to the Toronto Marlies because he cleared waivers. Doesn't have to quarantine because he never left Ottawa. Carolina didn't even leave him a locker room space. Uh, didn't even give him a stall. So it's a good trade. You wrote Korshkov 50. I mean, he wouldn't have made the roster this year for sure next year he's a big guy good hands not the fastest of skaters but a decent player that we, we score goals once in a while so you know what good good for carolina picking up on that one maybe he turns into something i'd probably say not uh, and then david warowski is just an ahl player whatever we got rid of two contracts we took on one and you know i like what he brings maybe some depth but most likely some scoring in the ahl so decent trade and with that I sign out.